This is a chance for Fry to test out my experimental anti-pressure pill. I can't swallow that. Well, then, good news. It's a suppository. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 12, The Deep South. I do declare. You do declare. I, I do. Because I, I did. Okay, what do you declare? Um, that this is a, an episode of Futurama, the show that we like to talk about on this podcast. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> Starting off off real well. Um, so this one in the title sequence, you get a very quick uh, <laughs> mention of, uh, like a little caption at the bottom says, a stern warning of things to come. I think that's one of the better uh, little phrases down at the bottom of the uh, the title. It's true. I, I, I think it's very funny. The idea that, that well i'm not going to get ahead of myself the events of this episode are things to come is is very fantastic to me we start off at planet express and it's kind of a weird scene where leela's picking uh fleas off of nibbler and bender is picking fleas off of fry and i believe bender is putting the the fleas that he gets off of fry onto nibbler is he I, I thought they were so. both just flicking them out the window. No, I don't. Th- I think Bender is putting them onto to Nibbler so that Leela finds them and picks it out the window. Huh? Might have to rewatch that. Let's go to the tape. Wait, we don't have like we that don't have tape. Up or anything. I don't know why we're unless you want to like take a pause. No, not really. Let's, okay, we let's do this episode. Somebody on the internet <laughs> will correct us because that's the nature of the internet. I am surprised that people on the internet would correct us. I, I'm shocked. Not that shocked. Hermes comes in and uh, he's very excited because he requisitioned Nibbler a pet license. Leela is, is excited that he cares as much about Nibbler as... Oh, no, he does not. Oh? He does not. He's just really, really excited about filling out requisition forms. He's so uh not ex- not excited about nibbler that he says he would like to put him in a sack and toss the sack into a river and hurl the river to space i'd like to see somebody hurl a river into space i can't even imagine that image but if you can do that tweet at back to futurama we're gonna need like an artist's rendition Ooh, yeah um, maybe load up some 3d animation software Ooh. Uh, the more production value, the better. Now, granted, we cannot pay you. <laughs> this is not in our budget because our budget is effectively zero. Pretty much, yes. But we'd love to see it. We would love to see that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so like you said earlier, Hermes just really loved these requisitions. And boy, howdy, they were some doozies. Uh, but then he, he pulls the license out of the manila envelope. And uh, it's not a... There's a mistake. <gasps> It's not a pet license. It's no? a fishing license. <sighs> well, and, well, that doesn't seem all that bad. And it's mandatory. That seems like an interesting thing that the licensors have decided to do. I like the idea of a mandatory fishing license. Sure. Actually, I don't because I don't really care for <laughs> fishing. 
I like the <laughs> I like the uh, gag that one could have a mandatory fishing license. Like you have to go out there and fish. Get out there, do it. It's very That's funny. less of a license and more of a demand. An order. A fishing order. A fishing order. I have nothing. It's very... that Something about that just triggered something very fun in my mind. Well, regardless, they all decide to go on a fishing expedition out to the exact center of the Atlantic Ocean. I can think of no better place for fish to congregate. I mean, it... it w- why wouldn't they? Exactly. It's basically it's, like fish downtown. Yeah, exactly. That's where they go to hang out. and That's where all the cool, trendy bars and restaurants are, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Bender. I <laughs> think <laughs> I was going to say, what does what would a fish bar be like? But there's actually, I don't know if you've seen it, BoJack Horseman season three. I have not three, seen it. There's a great episode that takes place entirely underwater in like this fish city. Okay. It's pretty. Huh. Cool. It's pretty cool. In a fish city, you say. It's true. Um, I wonder where they got I'm that pretty, idea. I'm pretty sure they're the first cartoon to ever pull this concept off. Well, well, let's just keep going here and see what we find. <laughs> so, Bender, of course, uh, once he realizes they're in international waters, yes. uh, calls up somebody on a phone and and or like walkie-talkie sort of thing. Yeah, and just says the eagle has landed. I think something like that and somebody speeds up in a boat he hands him a package and then they drive off and he says guess what your accessories to (laughs) oh bender oh lovable old crime bender speaking of bender he feels that the concept of fishing itself is very boring sure and wants to make it interesting and he says everybody kick in five bucks and so they do and he's like wasn't that interesting (laughs) okay that is very funny it's a pretty good gag. It's pretty they good. also just kind of assume, okay, well, it's a fishing. Like they keep going on with this fishing contest yeah. afterward. It's true. They do. They do continue it, but nothing is ever officially like, okay, we'll turn this and giving money to Bender into a fishing contest. Yeah, like Leela yells at Bender, and then Fry's immediately like, "I'm gonna win this fishing contest." I mean, when you're on the water, your brain kind of goes a little bit, and you're like, "I'm just so excited to fish and sit and sit for hours." I'll take that sitting for hours part. That and there's also beer nice. sometimes. Ooh, I'll take that part too. But then you also have to fish. It's mandatory. Mandatory, exactly. See, that's the thing. Stipulated. Leela says that she's obviously going to win because you're looking at a woman who owns her own harpoon. Uh, Bender chuckles and walk, starts walking away saying, harpoon, my ass. <laughs> okay, and harpoons his ass. <laughs> Pretty good aim on that harpoon. I mean, you don't own your own harpoon and not have good aim with it it's true that would just be irresponsible (laughs) very well you wouldn't have it for very long (laughs) Uh, once used harpoon is that a sadder story than baby shoes never worn no not even not even close well some would say (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know what to i I wouldn't put babies in shoes that they've got such small feet you put them in socks keep them warm that's my thing you do realize what the point of that story is, don't oh, you? Oh, I know exactly what the point of that story You're is. You're just digging yourself uh-huh. in this hole. Okay. If, if there's one thing I love to do, it's dig holes and put myself in them. Well, all right, then. I imagine some of this is going to be cut out of the podcast. You would probably be wrong. So oh, fun. <laughs> Zoidberg, meanwhile, offers his services as a bait critic uh, for Hermes's various types of bait. Oh, yes. Uh, the, he f- finds the sardine bl- sardines bland and tasteless. 
and these dry, stingy, stringy nightcrawlers, though juicy, very, very juicy. juicy, and then just goes to town on those nightcrawlers. I like the concept of that. He's like, oh, yeah, these nightcrawlers are dry and stringy, though juicy, like they're dry and juicy. You know, that that dry juice that, um, that you, 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 you like in a good nightcrawler, I think. Like like a, like a dry wine, right? Oh, so like you're you're saying like dry, like you're talking about in terms of what um, in terms of wine, sure, or uh, alcohol, like dry as in not sweet. Yeah, well, they're they can't. Can you imagine a sweet nightcrawler? Oh. Gummy worms. Oh crap! I can't. Oh wow! <laughs> you got me this time, Doctor Evil Ben. <laughs> I guess I have to go tie myself up in your in your evil lair now because I'm now your prisoner. Usually, you have to pay extra for that. So, Woo! yeah, they they uh, get into this big fishing contest. Uh, yeah, Fry and Bender tend up uh, end up jawing back and forth, and then generally ends up with Bender trying like hitting him, hitting Fry with his hook. Mm-hmm. Um, which Bender has a laser guided hook, which doesn't even make sense. I don't know. Um, I want it to go right there. Oh, but then you cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that action doesn't seem to make any sense. It's it's literally just for the joke, so that you can see the dot as it's aiming for Fry. Mm-hmm. Um, including the time when he bends over and it's on like on his butt, mm-hmm. his small intestine, and. You hear the the hook going, and Fry says, "Ow, my small intestine." <laughs> which I'd just like to point out: mm-hmm. if you can get to the small intestine that way, it is a very accurate hook. Very much so. Yes. So doesn't make any make sense now, Ben? I think it does. Um, yeah, they all they all kind of have mm-hmm. their own different ways of trying to sure. to best everybody. I mean, the harpoon, the laser guided, mm-hmm. um, laser guided hook. Uh, the professor has some fish pheromones. He uh, he tries to spray it on his hook, but he kind of accidentally sprays it on his own head. And then fish and anemones and like the eels come up flying out of the water onto his head. Mm-hmm. He waves them all off. He gets them all off. And then, and then Zoidberg comes over and he is super into the professor. It's a great visual. It, 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 it's I, a disturbing visual. Oh, it's a very disturbing, but good, good visual. I agree. One of my favorite gags in this kind of sequence. Like, I don't, I don't know how far we're going to go into the sequence, but Lila has a series of like, he, <laughs> she throws in a harpoon it, and says it's going to be the biggest one and it's a boot. She throws another harpoon and she says, this is 10, tw- 20 times more heavy, heavier than a boot. And she pulls up <laughs> 10 pair, uh, a crate of boots that have 10 pairs in them. And then later on, she throws another harpoon and says, "This one's this one's moving, and it's a boot." And Zoidberg is in it, and he's and they're like, "Why are you Why are you trying to wear that boot?" And it's like, "I wasn't wearing it. I was eating it." Mm-hmm. I also really enjoy the uh, just a little bit where uh, Fry catches a very small fish, and Bender says, "Hey, you catch a few more of those, you might have a fish stick." And uh, Fry says. A fish this fine belongs in a nu- fish nugget style chunklet. <laughs> I just love that that terminology. He's very good at that terminology. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Um. So yeah, I mean, this scene kind of goes on for a bit. Yeah, I think we've kind of gone through most everything yeah, that's important it, until it, we get the plot back. It fades to 
the evening. The sun is setting. Well, before before it fades to the evening, Bender kind of like could, because there's a oh yes. Uh, so Bender is like, well, screw this, and grabs the umbrella that Amy is kind of under taking a nap, and bends it into a hook, a giant hook, a giant umbrella hook, and he points out that. Like most problems, this one can be solved by bending. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're bender, everything can be solved by bending. When the only tool you have is a screwdriver, every no, object that's looks a hammer. Like a- the saying's a hammer. Well, I okay. mean, when the only tool you have is bending, everything looks bendable. So he takes that hook and attaches it to the ship's unbreakable diamond filament tether and hooks uh hermes's man witch and throws my, it my man witch <laughs> it's such a great j- joke so he he takes the hook and flings it out into the water then it cuts to later that much night. later on the sun is setting everybody's kind of napping hermes has a sign on him that says uh will wake up at and then a little clock that he can it's you know, very like good um amy is incredibly sunburned incredibly sunburned uh, my favorite part is that when Amy wakes up, she's like, ah, my beautiful skin. What what happened to my umbrella? And first of all, Bender is like, I don't know. Uh, no, she says, Where what is- happened to my parasol? Yes. And Bender's like, I don't know, but it wasn't there when I took your umbrella. <laughs> because A, he doesn't understand what parasol means. Uh-huh. But second, he also points out that he puts that he put some sunscreen yeah, yeah. on Amy and she says, well, it didn't work. And she turns around and he had written in sunscreen, honk if Bender is great. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just, and he chuckles about it. And it's just so, it's, oh, it's good. It's very good. It's very mean spirited, but very good. Um, they're, they're about to go home, but then the, Big so, hook. Uh, well, Bender is trying to pull in his line, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. pull in the diamond uh, filament tether and just get ready to go. But it won't move. It seems to be snagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that he's caught something. <gasps> and they start reeling it in, and it's a great big fish. And it jumps out of the water, and it this thing is massive. Mm-hmm. The uh, professor calls it a colossal mouth bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's up in the air, the professor shouts, sweet zombie Jesus, mm-hmm. which I always found interesting because I don't know if you ever caught it, uh, caught this show when it was on um, Adult Swim. Uh, every time the professor says, like, because he tries it in a couple of other episodes coming sure. up, too. Like Arguably, for- it's a better catchphrase than I'm already in my pajamas. But um, like, I feel like they just never... They kept trying to get a second catchphrase for the professor beyond good news, everyone. Sure. And I don't know it, why, because no. it never caught on. No, it really didn't. But the thing that I found interesting is Ma- that every time it was on uh, on um, Cartoon Network on Adult Swim, they always uh, censored that line. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if the reason this one didn't catch on is because like it just offended a lot of people. It could possibly could have because yeah. they couldn't even play the line on, on Adult Swim, right? Which they do a lot of crazy stuff on. Um. So yeah, I for, just, for, for those non-Americans uh, uh, out there, that Adult Swim is a very bizarre segment of television after dark on uh, a Cartoon Network. So if you've seen like Tim and Eric go to the uh, Tim and Eric awesome show, great job, stuff like that. 
it's kind of just bizarre stuff all the time. That was the one uh, example you decided to go with for Adult Swim? It's my favorite Adult Swim show. I don't have anything to add to that. I don't I don't even know what to say. But okay, nope, moving on. So uh Family Guy was on it for a while. <laughs> uh that is also true. <laughs> um the fish starts going back down under the ocean and uh it's gonna pull the ship down with it. Zoidberg heroically jumps in and says, I'll cut the unbreakable filament. And then tries to he like makes it he grunts a little bit it's like i got it and then it turns out it won't cut because it's the unbreakable diamond filament tether surprise the ship is getting pulled down and it starts just groaning under the weight of Mm -hmm. all of this water my favorite thing about this is that when they ask how many atmospheres the Mm -hmm. ship can withstand the professor says, well, it's a spaceship, so probably anywhere between zero and one. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> I mean, even though that doesn't, even even in previous episodes, like the one with higher gravity, that would have uh, more, more than one atmosphere, but. Nope, one atmosphere across the board. They're going down, and and uh, the glass inside is mm-hmm. start like uh, the professor's glasses and Bender's eyes like which all he, start breaking, which he immediately replaces with new eyes. The pipes start bursting, mm-hmm. and it starts filling with water. And they need to equalize the pressure. And Fry says, "Hold on a second. And then he swims off, and you hear a toilet flush, and all the water drains out. And uh, they're like, "Fry, you did it." He's like. Did what as he's coming back in and zipping up his pants? <laughs> Hooray, accidental hero! Well, uh, when you gotta go, you gotta go. It's true. I I'm not even gonna consider the physics of what happened there. The the physics on this episode are a little crazy on a cartoon show. Well, I know that, but usually they try to be at least a little. I mean. Th- there's something that they lampshade pretty heavily saying like that just adds more questions later on. So we'll get to it. Um, Let's put a pin in that one. So um, they end up at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, The ship doesn't get crushed, thankfully, but they have no way to get back up to the surface. Sure. And, um, and the fish got away. It's true. Bender is really upset that it's the worst part of all of this is that his Mm -hmm. fish got away. Hermes comes out of the uh, next room because everybody's kind of starting to talk about like we have no food. Uh, he says the important thing to do now is um, I, I don't remember the specific. I mean, he's, word, he's trying to follow it. the regulations, but uh, he says the first order is lunch. I su- I suggest a nice lobster Zoidberg. I mean, lobster Newberg. I mean, Doctor Zoidberg. <laughs> I like just, how he, he gets the right name of the food uh-huh. second time. It's very good. And I also just love watching Zoidberg's reaction of like, it, first he's like, wait, what? And then he calms down. And then he's like, wait, what? Like his, <laughs> his visual reaction on that's very good. That's what I like to say about Dr. Zoidberg a lot. He's very good. They decide that Bender well, and... Leela kind of takes command and decides. Uh, I mean, she is the captain. It's true. But yeah, Leela decides that... Uh, they need to go, uh, since Zoidberg and Bender can survive under mm. the water, they need to go look for food. And Fry says, oh, I'll go along too, because they might not know what I like. <laughs> it's such a dumb joke. And the solution to 
the fact that he will be crushed horribly under all of the intense pressure mm-hmm. down here sure. is that the professor has been working on a on a anti-pressure pill uh which is this giant like black pill like fist-sized mm-hmm. pill basically fry says he can't swallow that well good news it's a suppository <laughs> Uh. And then it just cuts to the next scene where they're all walking on the ocean floor. Uh, I I really appreciate not not dwelling on that sentence very long. We all do. <laughs> and then yeah, it cuts to uh, it cut, it cuts to them all walking along the ocean floor, and there the, uh, Zoidberg is gathering food and putting it in Bender's compartment. Um, Zoidberg finds an, uh, 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 like what seems to be like a bioluminescent thing and just kind of chumps down on it. Turns out to be the light on the end of an angular fish's. Well, you're missing the best, uh, visual gag here is that the way Fry is getting oxygen is he has a big trash bag that he is sucking oxygen out of through a twisty, crazy straw. That's true. That is a very good visual gag. You're right. Also, I just now realized why is the trash bag like down <laughs> you're right the physics in this episode are a little weird uh because what, the bag what? should be floating uh-huh, hang sure. it you've ruined me i'm sorry we'll get we'll put a pin on that again and then we'll get back to it um so like i was saying uh he uh zoidberg finds this like bioluminescent thing and chomps down on it and it ends up being an angler fish um which chases him and zoidberg hides in a shell and then when he when the angler fish goes by and he's fine he, he says, look at me, Dr. Zoidberg, a homeowner. I sent you that as a gift when you bought your house, and it was great. It was exactly <laughs> what I wanted at the time. And I, this is, that was the moment I knew, oh, we have to do this podcast. That was the moment? Yes. For, for anybody that was really interested in how these two, two guys decided to do a podcast about Vietrama, that was it. This has been Behind the Podcast. Well, you can't have a behind the podcast episode until we start uh, spending all of our money from the podcast on crazy mansions and cocaine and then like the entire downfall. Like you got to have that downfall bit at the end on the behind the the podcast special. Can I posit one thing? Mm -hmm. This is the downturn. You mean we've already peaked? Yes. Damn it. Okay. (laughs) Well. We didn't even get any mansions out of it. Zero mansions. <laughs> Zero mansions. Oh, well. Well, it was fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they walk, they're walking around trying to get some food. Zoidberg asks Bender if he can help him move a couch in his, in his mm-hmm. new shell after they, house. After they visit a pirate ship that Bender tries to drink booze underwater, and it doesn't really work because the physics are right on this one. So Bender says, okay, sure, as long as I don't have to move anything upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while this is going on, Fry's just kind of hanging out, and he sees a mermaid start a mermaid. poking out from behind some seaweed. And he, he kind of freaks out, and uh, Bender and Zoidberg come back. And the whole time, you can't understand a word Fry says because he's underwater. underwater. Uh, and so he's like, just mm-hmm. like just like that, that and was then, my impression of Fry. Very at, good at uh, the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so they go back into the ship, and well, no, oh, you're missing sorry. the setup for the joke. 
because Fry said. Well, I mean, uh, you, well, go ahead. Uh, because I love this joke so much. You wrote it down, and I didn't. <laughs> uh, so they don't know what he says, and Bender says, "What's that? You want some lemonade? You saw a big parade." And then Zoidberg says, "Your student loans have been repaid." Well, then how about lending your old pal Zoidberg a couple of bucks? <laughs> Every time I see somebody post on Facebook about like how they finally paid off their student loans, I'm always like, how about loaning your old pal Ben a couple of bucks <laughs> every time just because of this one moment? Yeah. So they go back into the Planet Express ship and they are sitting at dinner and Fry continues to go, and Lula says, swallow before you swallow before talking i think my fry underwater uh, impersonation was better than yours just it's, throwing that out there no i'm not arguing that point excellent i wasn't i, I, I was in this one I, honestly i was not trying to do a good one but oh well anyway so he swallows and then he says i saw a mermaid they don't believe him because of who would i mean yeah, mermaids are myth it's a clear case of ocean madness i mean it's got to be Fry Fry is very insistent that no, he did in fact mm-hmm. see this mermaid, and he keeps talking about it, and they just keep saying, "Yep, it's ocean madness." Yeah. All to, right, to the point where he he storms out, and uh, the professor says, "Well, that's no excuse for ocean rudeness." <laughs> uh, later that night, he's in his hammock, um, and uh, the mermaid comes and taps on the window. And he says, oh, yeah, hold on one second. And he's about to run out. He's like, oh, right, oxygen. And he, <laughs> this is maybe my one of my favorite visual gags. It's very good. In the entirety of Futurama, he pulls out a suitcase and he starts waving. trying to, wa- he's waving his arms around him, trying to push more air into this open suitcase mm-hmm. and then closes it and then just picks it up and walks out the, uh, uh, the, what's the thing the airlock the airlock mm-hmm. yes so he's out he's out there and he's he puts his puts the uh the suitcase down and goes to close the door and the suitcase just floats up out of his reach which that i just now realizing this very podcast episode the trash bag wasn't doing that <laughs> why wasn't the trash bag doing that because it didn't make sense for the joke <sighs> fine um but yeah so his only air supply just floats up Mm-hmm. and uh, he starts freaking out, and the mermaid puts something, like, in his nose and then, like, in the kind of back of his mouth, sure. uh, and it allows him to breathe. And talk. And talk. Uh, how how wonderful an invention. Perfect to continue the narrative of this episode. Hmm. And uh, she introduces herself. Her name is Umbriel, uh, obviously a reference to The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which I imagine you've probably seen. Yes, I have, actually. Okay. Just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. it wasn't another James Cameron 1997 <laughs> hit film Titanic situation. If you can get by in this world without seeing that, I don't... Not the Titanic, but Little Mermaid. I don't know how you do it. Okay. So, yeah, it's an obvious reference to The Little Mermaid. Mm, sure. And he says, oh, hey, I like your ta- I like your tail. And she says, oh, I like those wiggly doodads coming out of your hips. Thanks. They're called pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fry. So they, uh, they're they hanging out. Yep. Um, she's showing him around the ocean. Uh, she shows him a, a volcanic vent. Mm-hmm. They go to a, like a 
where a whale and a giant squid are fighting. Uh huh. Which what is that? What is that a reference to? Because I know they might be giants. Have an album where they're referencing that, where they're it's a squid and a whale fighting in space. And I've seen it other places. I just don't know what the original reference is. If you like, know. it's a thing. It is a th- uh, sure. If you know, tweet at Back to Futurama. Um, along with hashtag Team Squid or Team Whale. Let us know which one you want. Um, I'm hashtag Team Squid. I think I would be too, actually. I think we can actually agree on this one. Wow, this is new. Right? We hardly agree on anything in this podcast. Yeah, they're hanging out and having a good time. It's a great little romantic montage. He also points out He also points out the thing that he likes about her is that she finds him interesting even when he's not claiming to be a jewel thief or a lion tamer. She is surprised that they have sea lions on the surface. We call them land sea lions. I tame them. <laughs> um, my favorite, so my, I, I have a great story. The reason I bring this oh, up okay. is I have a great story about this. All right, let's do it. Years ago, I was on a dating site. <gasps> Go on. And in my profile, <laughs> in my profile on this dating site, I made a reference to this episode where i said um i don't remember exactly how i worded it but my whole my whole thing was like (laughs) um claiming to be a jewel thief or a lion tamer and then being like oh well actually you know if um you need to find me interesting even if i'm not a jewel thief or a lion tamer but i am a lion tamer it got no traction on this dating site but i would like to point out that even Even while trying to do online dating, I stay on brand on Futurama, absolutely 100% of the time. We we may need to start a a website called Futurama Date, FuturamaDate.com, FuturamaDate.com. I wonder if that is already available. Hold on, while we search furiously on uh, on uh, a uh, domain hosting website to see if we can get it. Actually, yeah, I'm very curious about. I was just gonna <laughs> let that go, but I'm like, no, I can't actually let that go. So, um, so here we go. We're looking it up. This is live googling as we speak. This is it's a callback to our uh, live Google thing that we do. Well, I see it's available. Okay, so if, what are we gonna do with FuturamaDate.com? Create the world's best uh, place for Futurama singles to meet and mingle. Nice. Nice. That's a tagline. We can use that. That's usable stuff. So the crew go out to go find Fry because he's AWOL at this point. Uh, as an aside, oh. uh, I just I would like to point out that Bender is reading a magazine called The Atlantic Monthly. I'm only calling this out because I've never noticed it until watching it for this episode. Uh, podcast but the magazine is the atlantic monthly and then the headline for it is short fiction by a clam anyways continue <laughs> i i appreciate the detail they put into these these images um so the the crew go out to find fry because he's he's gone awol at this point uh zoidberg uh is kind of used as a uh you know a tracking dog and sniffs around and finds his scent over here, where it gets warmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find an entire lost city, <gasps> and the professor says, "Could it be?" And there's like a a like stone mm-hmm. sign that says "City of," 
and he's like brushing away yeah. the the uh like seaweed and and uh moss on it and it says city of atlanta and he says it is it's the fabled lost city of atlanta oh oh boy it's uh more than just a delta hub which we'll <laughs> talk about in just a few minutes so yeah they um they go down into the city and uh they um, they meet the 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 colonel uh-huh. the kind of apparently de facto mayor kind of thing yeah i think so he's kind of a colonel sanders uh, kind of, yeah. but a mermaid a merman yeah mhm Mer- merman sanders merman sanders mhm mhm that tracks uh, he gives them some of these breathing devices mhm which the professor points out is uh humiliating and uncomfortable (laughs) now if they could fit it into some sort of suppository (laughs) oh oh professor you have some interesting uh perspective and yeah they run into fry and umbriel they're uh, leaving a Krispy Kreme, and fry says oh it's the most incredible thing uh it's two for one at Krispy Kreme. also there are mermaids (laughs) and as uh, always priorities umbriel gives them a tour of atlanta um claiming that it was once a, a metropolis of um equal to paris or new york i think leela says that uh wasn't it just a delta hub it's more than a delta hub there was turner field the coca-cola bottling plant the um, airport i also think it's funny because uh just the other week friend of the podcast tema was mm-hmm. Uh, explaining some stuff about airports, and she mentioned stuff because uh, I've never been to the Atlanta airport. Okay, don't. And she don't. was telling me about how it's like how big it is, and how it's like one of the the, the main like Delta hub. Yeah. And uh, inside my brain, I was like, I finally understand this Futurama joke after all these years. <laughs> so thank you for that, Tema. That's that's why you know this joke now. I love that. They watch some video that uh, explains the history of Atlanta. By folk rock troubadour Donovan. The backstory is basically that Atlanta moved offshore to get more tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became a bigger city and also an even bigger Delta hub. And sure. it became too heavy. And so basically it sinks. But the, the, the quality people... Donovan's words, not mine. Well, also, I suppose I'm I'm just quoting him here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. F- was able to were they were able to flee? Uh, Ted Turner, Hank Aaron, Jeff Foxworthy, the guy who invented Coca Cola, the magician, and also Jane Fonda was there. And and in the video, you can just see Jane Fonda like pushing people away as it's starting to sink and like diving for the and Leela's like boat. the magician. <laughs> <laughs> I, j- I just love the idea that the guy who invented Coca-Cola and like Hank Aaron are contemporaries. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's just terrific to me. Yeah, so the the people left behind turned up end up being merma- mm. mermaids. And mermen. they they ask wouldn't it have taken hundreds of year hundreds or thousands of years to sure. evolve into mermaids? Umbriel points and says, "Well, the caffeine sped everything up. That stuff is amazing." <laughs> yeah, Fry is quite taken with Umbriel. As, of course and uh she's a nice southern mermaid bell they're all having dinner with the colonel and uh fry is 
sort of giving his intentions of staying mm-hmm. um, because everybody else is like, all right, well, let's go. We miss our oxygen and uh, family. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and guesses. And um, so it's this big, long, drawn-out goodbye. They're all sad that they're going to mm-hmm. never see Fry again. Because he'll never be able to return to the surface. Right. His body's going to get used to the pressure, and so he will never be able to return to the surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I forgot about this until I read my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Z- Zoidberg's argument for why Fry shouldn't stay is that sure they've got the Braves, but it's a third-rate symphony. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this entire episode is basically just throwing shade at Atlanta, mm-hmm. which means I kind of don't get a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also you know. Why not? Yeah, Just why not? Throw shade at Atlanta for yeah. an entire episode. Well, it's 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 a Delta hub, certainly. Yeah. So they everybody else leaves, and Zoidberg does point out, well, he's going to stay down here too because he's got a he's a homeowner. Yeah, now. he's got to live in the house. Um, and so you know maybe Fry could come over and hang out sometimes. Sure. And and Fry looks back at the Colonel who n- gravely nods no, and Fry says, "Sorry, Zoidberg, I'm trying to join the country club, which is its own." It's it's a uh, very uncomfortable it's joke. It's a very uncomfortable joke, yes. So the, so the, the rest of the crew leave and go back to the, the ship. Um, and Zoidberg says, well, I guess I'm. it's goodbye for me too. And everybody's like, all right, whatever. Right. Like he's obviously expecting this. Uh, like the sad kind the of The same fry, exact yeah. thing that it was with Fry. And like, well, see ya. But then he turns around and his house has burnt down, mm-hmm. even though it's like... Underwater. Underwater. And so Hermes... A, a sh- literally a shell. Uh-huh. Hermes says... That's that asks some questions, and then uh, Bender goes over and picks up a lit cigar and, and is says, like, "Oh, that's where I left my cigar." Which Hermes says that raises further questions. See, what was I talking about earlier with the, no, the weird no, physics? Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's, episode. It is a weird episode uh, with physics. So back at um, back in the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Umbriel and Fry are. Uh, Getting kind of hot and heavy, and she says that she wants Fry to make a mer woman out of mer me. <laughs> and they hop into bed and start making out, and then they're like, "Wait, how does this work?" Because you know, yeah, the long and short of it is that they're just incompatible as species. I mean, hey, do we want to go into I the was, details? I was going to go not... into details. Uh, well, Ben, by all means, she, she lead says, the way. She says, "I'm not your first, am I?" Well, I release my eggs, then I leave, then you release your fertilizer, and then it cuts to Fry yep. running away and shouting, why couldn't she be the other kind of mermaid with the <laughs> fish part on top and the lady part on the bottom? <laughs> it's a very good, it's very good. Oh, uh, so boy. yeah, he runs back just as the ship is about to take off with this mm-hmm. new uh fin attached to the back sure instead of the engine which the professor points out is paper mache because he's earlier he mentions that he's just waiting for the paper mache to dry which is another question you're underwater and you're waiting for paper mache to dry yep uh, yeah you know you're totally right about the <laughs> physics on this episode but fry manages to grab onto the hook uh, on the other end of this the diamond tether because uh-huh. they, they never really did anything with it and then the uh, colossal mouth bass 
uh, sees that and let, grabs onto it again. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the dock where Bender is being awarded a giant check for getting the uh, record uh, biggest fish. Biggest fish. Yeah, $1,000. It seems like a little uh, overkill for, you know, a biggest fish, whatever. But, I mean, the mayor's there, like... It's an exciting time. Who else is going to deliver the novelty check? Um, Mayor Poopenmeyer, of course. Then... (laughs) <laughs> then Fry, Fry falls out of the the fish's mouth, mm-hmm. hands Hermes his manwich because that's, manwich. that's still in one piece. Well, of course. And Hermes is excited to see it, which I would not be. And when a man loves his manwich, when a man <laughs> loves his manwich. <laughs> Oh, oh, Ben. For a guy who claims he can't sing, I sure sing a lot on this podcast. <laughs> well, well, you, you, the, the rhythm overtakes you. <laughs> Woo. It um, really does. And uh, yeah, and then it turns out the record's not broken because Fry's weight was just that little bit that needed to push it over mm-hmm. into the record. It's true. So Bender no longer has the, the record. He's no longer getting the giant check. And as part of Bender's hug, he turns it into more of a chokehold kind of thing. And, and Fry Carter's like, ah, I can't breathe. And then Zoidberg uh, from within the fish is like, would he, you? He opens the gills as if they're uh-huh. like shutters. He's like, hey, I'm trying to sleep in here. And then closes the gills again. And then that's just where it ends. Just <laughs> on that note. I mean, he was a homeowner and now he's not. Now he's just trying to find another place to live. It's true. I mean, it's the market's tough out there. It's it's definitely tough out there for Zoidberg. Uh, you know what else is tough? Grades. Actually, I don't think it's very tough uh, to give grades to this episode. To be honest, um, I think it's a pretty straightforward episode. Sure. It is good. It is sort of one of those episodes where it's like, hey, some random stuff happened, and now it's back to normal. But the jokes are good. Uh, like I said, I think it's a lot of just throwing shade at the city of Atlanta, mm-hmm. which I'm not really the target audience for. Um, it took me how many years to get the joke about the Delta Hub because somebody had to explain it to me? Uh, too long. But, you know, overall, it is it is really good. There's a lot of moments in this episode that I quote a lot. I mean, like I said, I sent you the gif of <laughs> Dr. Zoidberg's homeowner. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of quotable moments, um, sure. to be honest. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to give it an A minus. OK, I think I think you're definitely right. It is very quotable. It's funny. I don't think there's really much of a plot. It just seems like event happens and then event happens and then. The only major like feeling of any kind of stakes is Fry is going to stay down in Atlanta forever and then decides not to. Um, a fate worse than death. A fate worse than death. Living in Atlanta. I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> I've never been to Atlanta. That's just... Again, the episode's sure. throwing a lot of shade Yeah, that's Atlanta. basically what the, Adla- what the episode is saying. It's fine. It's good. It's funny. It just... It doesn't tick all the boxes for me as a of a classic Futurama episode, but it's a definitely enjoyable and, and better than a good, I would say it's, it's pretty good. 
uh, even in stacking up to Futurama, I just don't think I can give it as high a grade as you did. So I'll probably give it a B plus. Okay. I mean, pretty close overall. Sure. Now, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, because maybe you live in Atlanta and have been offended by this podcast. Mm-hmm. Feel um, free. Or, like I said, if you can explain the like squid fighting the... Uh, the whale. The whale. Mm-hmm. Like, let us know, you know, if, if you want to talk about anything, um, always feel free to drop us a line. Uh, you can do that many ways. You can do that through email by sending one to back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us back to Futurama. And you can visit us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. Uh, also, we are on iTunes. So uh, rate and subscribe. It always helps people see the podcast. And until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.